This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. All right, good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. It's the forensic files on your radio dial. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. All right, have we got a show for you tonight? No, we don't. Is that the request yeah, line? Yeah, we got a request, man. Let's see who it is. All right, East of the Rockies, you're on. I wonder if on. it's going to be Breather Guy again. Don't know. Let's find out. All right, East of the Rockies, you're on. W-R-N-R-A. <laughs> That is not the breather. Oh, um, well, somebody different at least. Ooh, yeah. Okay. And and uh, where exactly are you from? Ooh, yeah. I right. think he's got a song request. What song would you like to hear tonight? Ooh, yeah. Rico, he would like to hear "Last Caress" by the Misfits. Looks like we will do for our autopsy tonight. "Last Caress" by the Misfits. Can you hang up on that guy? See ya. Thank you. But first, the news. What is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. All right. Let's get to the news. May 8th, 2001, the road manager for Insane Clown Posse is arrested at an Omaha show for attacking an Eminem supporter who was tossing Eminem candies on stage to taunt ICP about their Detroit rival. <laughs> I mean, what, it, what is going through your mind when... You're you're an Eminem fan and you're taunting the Juggalos at an ICP concert. I mean, do you really think that you're that something not devastating is going to happen because of that? I don't know, man. I'm not throwing M&Ms. I'm eating M&Ms. M&Ms <laughs> are one of the they're one of the great candies. Okay, plain M&Ms or peanut M&Ms. Oh, god, that's easy peanut all the way. Yeah, peanut M&Ms are great, but plain ones are great. All right, here's how about is it Reese's pieces or Reese's pieces? I I think the proper vernacular would be Reese's because it's possessive Mr. Reese owns the candy so it would be Reese's. Reese's pieces. Nobody says that. It's Reese's. And which do you prefer? M&M's or Reese's pieces? Um well any of the versions of M&M's? Like can I go is it like plain versus Reese's pieces or is it peanut or is it whatever? I still got to go peanut M&M's over Reese's pieces. See, I, I think I take I'm like ET, man. I'm grabbing those fucking Reese's pieces really? all day long. Do you, have you ever put them in ice cream? Of course, man. What, a, was I born yesterday? Of course I fucking put them in ice <laughs> Rico, I've tried everything in ice cream. <laughs> Some, you ever go to one of those shitholes like uh, Menchie's or around here in Northeast Ohio, we have Sweet Frog where you make like your frozen yogurt and they have like every yeah. topping under the sun? Totally. What's your, what's your go-to topping? I don't have a go-to topping. It's just guy. whatever you can get your hands on. No, it's whatever I'm in the mood for. I'll do different yeah. shit every time. I don't. I'm not the guy who goes to like a restaurant orders the same thing off the menu every time. And I'm not. If I'm in one of those places, sometimes maybe I'll load up on nuts and fudge and then throw a cherry on it. Other times, maybe I'm throwing gummy worms and Reese's Pieces on it. I don't. I know. I was gonna ask you. Whatever. Are you are you candy on ice cream guy? Like sometimes, apparently you are. Sometimes I, I don't really that weird though. Not the gummy shit. My kids do that, but. 
But yeah, I'll put like there's like sometimes they have like crushed up like Heath bar. That's great. Oh, oh that's, that's great. phenomenal. Yeah. Have you ever tried like the big huge thing lately is cotton candy flavored ice cream? Yeah, I've, I've tried it. How yeah. is that? Is that good? It's no. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, yes, it's good because it's fucking ice cream. <laughs> but I mean, but I'm more a guy that's gonna do like um, like I'm a big kind of sweet and salty dude. So yeah. I'll do like. You know, like a caramel pretzel flavor or something like that, or coffee flavor. Ooh, but I'll do anything. Yes. Or other times I'll go in there and you know what? I'll think to myself, every time I come here, I'm doing this flavor. So this time right. I'm just going to go off the board and do something different, you know? Nice. I'm not the dude who orders the same thing every time. That's cool. You know what? I like to switch it up. As long as it's ice cream and as long as it's going in my face, I'm good with that. Exactly. Let's so. not overcomplicate. Exactly. Christ's sake. Precisely. Um, hey, May 8th. 1993 newly formed Backstreet Boys give their very first public appearance at SeaWorld in Orlando. That was the start of it all, brother. Wow. The Let start me think of it all. Here. Backstreet's back. All right. Okay, so you know what I think of when I think of the Backstreet Boys is I remember the songs, of course, but what really kind of bothered me, and I'm going to steer this toward rock music because this is a rock podcast, is that if you remember the look of the Backstreet Boys, there yeah. was the one Backstreet Boy who had like a shit ton of tattoos and piercings. Yeah, the quote unquote tough guy, the tough one, right? Right. Yeah. And it was at that moment when I thought to myself, oh, this has become like really mainstream. This is rock now. Because this is a boy band for, well, not even that they're rock. They're not. But I mean, the fact that what used to be like the look of the rocker and like was the outlaw look, right? Right. Was no longer outlaw. It no. was, if this is now the look of a band that's designed to appeal to like 11 to 14 year old girls, yeah. then there's nothing outlaw about it. And then it was at that moment that I'm like, oh, wow, this is like, this is what Lemmy used to look like. Well, I mean, and back now, in the day, they were appealing to teenage girls as well. Right? <laughs> Who? Motorhead? <laughs> well, all of the rock bands in the 70s. Well, yeah. I, okay. Touche. But again, that's our next episode, Rico. <laughs> My bad. Or, you keep jumping ahead to I the, know. the <laughs> anyway, no, but, you're but right, no, it, it made me think though when I saw that. The I can boy bands thinking, had the rock look now, and it, what it did is that then it kind of detracts from. Okay, Sid Vicious is no longer threatening in appearance if his appearance is now being adopted by a boy band, right? Yes. If boy bands start looking like punk rockers, then all the teeth has been removed from the punk rock aesthetic. Does that make sense? Hence the death of rock and roll. And so then I thought to myself, oh, this isn't good, you know, because it's becoming like super duper mainstream. Like, do you remember, I'll use a, a sports analogy. Remember in the 90s when Dennis Rodman, the worm, yeah. had dyed hair and tattoos and piercings and mm -hmm. he stood out like a sore thumb Him and Alan basketball? Iverson. He stood out like a sore thumb mm -hmm. on the court in the yeah. 90s, right? Yep. And now, when you Everybody's watch basketball, they all look like Dennis Rodman yep. did in the 90s. That's they true. all do. And and at the time, it was like really transgressive and like stood out. What I remember distinctly watching him and again Allen Iverson, who those those two guys had a lot of tats, right? And yep. nobody else had tattoos. And I remember thinking. These guys, wow. Like, it, it took me out of it because I was looking at how many tattoos they have. And now, they all got ink all over the place. And yeah. it's not even a thing you anymore. You don't even think about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, it's like a mainstreaming of something that used to be, like, <clears throat> tattoos used to be an outlaw art form. Fringy outlaw Yeah, like, yeah. only only servicemen and bikers had them. Yeah. And now, you know, everybody has them. And that's, like, and that was the thing. When I saw the Backstreet Boys, I was like, wow, man, this, this outlaw look is going mainstream and what does that mean for rock and roll i don't know may 9th 2020 rock pioneer little richard dies of bone cancer at the age of 87 over the course of his legendary career he recorded some of america's most recognizable songs including tutti frutti long tall sally and good golly miss molly yeah but they don't mention his most famous his most famous song of all the magic school bus theme what yeah dude Little what was Richard? the magic school bus theme um, i don't remember it yeah do you remember can you sing a snippet let me or think, do you forget uh, to ride on the magic school bus 
That was Little Richard? That's Little Richard sings the Magic School Bus. Thing. I don't Did remember you know the Magic School Bus. I know the, the newer Miss version. Miss Frizzle, when they go like on these school bus adventures. Oh, I know. There was a newer version that my kids watched yeah. a few years back when they were in that, that age bracket. But I don't remember growing up with yeah. it. I don't remember watching it as a yeah, little but one. Yeah, great show. But no, Little Richard, man, like Pioneer, man. What a, what a legend. Legends legend. There's that transition where early rock music was based all around piano, and then eventually it transitioned to being all around yeah. guitar. And everybody right? played so, really high on the keys. But he's in that yep. very early formative stage of, oh, yeah. the, of the genre when it was piano-based primarily before it shifted to like guitar-based. Yep. I don't know how true it is, but like if you learn Chuck Berry's like Johnny Be Good on guitar, that that classic intro lick, you know? It's a trope, right? It's a rock trope sure at is. this point, but it's a rock cliche, but that classic lick, and dude, I could be totally shooting from the hip here and wrong, but I had heard that, I think that lick is like in B, it's like in B or some kind of, it's most rock music is like E or A, right? And yeah. I think that lick is like in B. And I think the reason is because everything was like piano. They wrote it on a piano first and then transposed it. And that was like the main instrument back then was it was all coming from piano and not from guitar. And so that was the reason why it was kind of like in a somewhat odd, you know, key for a rock song, you know? Yeah. I don't know. how. So, hey, R.I.P. Little Richard, right? What else is in Uh, May 10th, 1985. After three albums, the Go-Go's announced their breakup. Oh, my God. With front woman, with Belinda Carlisle leaving to start a solo career with the help of guitarist Charlotte Caffey. The first of their many reunions takes place in 1990. Man, what a mistake that turned out to be to break up because she had that brief solo career. I, I Get Weak, right? That was her. That was her solo, one solo hit. And then that was it, dude. Like, they should have just stayed the Go-Go's, But right? do you think if they'd have stayed the Go-Go's that there was, like, longevity to be had there? They'd have become a nostalgia just... act just like the rest of them, right? But, I mean, yeah, but there would have to be a window between being relevant and graduating to nostalgia. You'd have to survive that window of time. What if... Maybe the best way to survive that is to go solo then eventually reform the Go-Go's. Yeah, but if they stay the Go-Go's, then maybe when the 90s roll around they try to do the grunge thing like well, everybody else but wait a second that's what i want to see i want to see but the they Go-Go's broke up in grunge but they broke up in 85 so i guess what i'm trying to suggest is that they don't that their popularity dips from 85 to 90 not that they yeah. would just i don't think it's taken for i don't think it's to be taken for granted that they would just remain at that level of popularity for an entire decade you just think even the if 80s. they stay together they'd have been toast before grunge even hit yeah right? yeah well All not right. toast but that they would have had a dip in popularity Everybody does. It happens. You all don't the time. sustain. <laughs> well, when did, especially do you if you like, any, do you have any idea when they formed? I'm not entirely certain. Probably they, they were on very early MTV. Or did they do the right thing? Hell, Police broke up after what three albums, five albums, four, five out, al- five albums, right? Listen, yes. But, so, so they did the right thing. Listen, they broke dude, up at a good time. You break up when you're at the top, and that's what right? they did, right? And then instead of like waiting for your brand to diminish and the hit singles no longer come and the record sales slump to become a nostalgia act, you just simply break up at the peak, do something else for a little while. Then when you come back, there's actually demand because the public misses you and you just go full on nostalgia act. Well, you know what's the move to make. Well, sure. And you, you don't want keep to... beating your band into the ground thinking you're going to sustain that level of popularity the whole time. Yeah. And you want to not want to wound up happening because they broke up when they did. Nobody has ever said they hung on too long. Right. And uh, apparently they're rock and roll hall of famers. Good too. on them. Are they apparently rock a good choice? Mm. Isn't there a debate to be had there? I can't remember. You know what? Are they? I think they are, right? No, they did get in. Yeah, right, yeah. right. But anyway. I'm saying, but are they? Oh, are they? Mm. Listen, we know they got in. Yes, they're Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. But are I'm they? asking, are they? Get it? I'm asking, are they well, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers? Is Dolly Parton? She's, oh, by the way, 
Did you know that Dolly Parton, recent Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, did you know she covered Led Zeppelin? I did not know that. Yeah, it's on YouTube. When so, did she do this? A couple years ago. Yeah. Anyway. How many more news items you want to do? One uh, each? One each. All right. May 10th, 1986. West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys, a synthy song about clubbing in London, hits number one on a Hot 100 five months after going to number one in their native UK. It's the first of many hits for the duo. I put that in there because I wanted to ask you how you really felt about that that genre of 80s music like you know the psychedelic furs uh pet shop boys that british pop alt like new wave kind of stuff how do you feel about that i have a fondness for it me too and it's probably because That's why i put it in there it's honestly it's probably just purely nostalgia driven because when i was growing up it was on mtv it was on the radio i was a kid who on sundays casey Kasem's. Uh, I would sit there with my boom box and I'd pop a cassette in and I would record the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I would listen to Casey Kasem and I would listen to the songs. I remember I loved the song uh, by Falco, Rock Me Amadeus. Yeah. I loved it. And I awesome, remember just right? waiting for Casey Kasem to announce that song. And the second he did, I hit the record. You had to hit, I think I would have, you had to have the record, the play, and the pause button depressed at the same time. And then you hit the, you ble- took off the pause Real button. quick. Yeah. yeah. And I would just sit there with my <laughs> index finger on that pause button waiting for that song to come up because I wouldn't want, I, oh and I would God. just, but I mean, I loved that. I had an affinity for it because I have so many, that's when I fell in love with music. Right. You know? Do I listen to Pet Shop Boys now? No. But when I hear, those 80s songs and that that style you're talking about you know all of them i, I mean, always whether liked it's it too. you know flock of seagulls or I orchestral maneuvers in the dark uh all that frankie stuff. goes to hollywood yes. which is a little more poppy but duran duran even, i loved right? pop music all that then. shit yeah we you all know? did man. and it actually it's funny because my daughters listen to pop now and yeah. i have an affinity for it because i recognize i see it for kind of being referential of the pop music For that sure. I grew up listening to. And so I appreciate that. You know, when I hear Katy Perry or, you know, Lizzo or whatever, I hear the pop that I heard growing yep, up. And I absolutely. actually always enjoy hearing it. I don't mind it at all. I always liked and it too. And I think a lot of people, I know a lot, a lot of people who liked rock and metal liked that stuff, liked the pop music Just couldn't music admit also. it to your friends though. You oh, couldn't yeah, over no, beers never, hanging out with your buddies. You could never be like, no, 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 no. It was like you could never uh, be like, man, West End Girls is a killer. Track. But we all liked it though. That's of the course, be- <laughs> but yeah. nobody ever admitted it. But but you couldn't avoid it. I mean, it was on MTV all the time, right. and those songs define the '80s. You know, and '80s music is incredibly popular today. It's like it's so weird because '80s music has really withstood the test of time. I mean, people just have a nostalgia for it, and newer generations are fascinated with the '80s. They like the fashion. They like the music. Yeah. You know, so it's just interesting how that stuff cool. lives on. All right, here, last one. May 11th, 2004, Willie Nelson cancels 10 of his upcoming concerts in order to get some much needed carpal tunnel surgery. Well, you know what that's from, right? Uh, well, I'm thinking he probably had a blog and spent a lot of time typing without like an ergonomic keyboard setup. Yeah, yeah. rolling all them fucking doobies, man. Like, you're trying that, to tell me he gave that's himself hard on the wrist. Carpal man, tunnel from rolling doobies. As many, come on, this is Willie Nelson here. I don't. Come know on, how when I you're feel when you're that. when you're on his level, you're bound to get some carpal tunnel. But you know what? Does he roll his own, or does he have somebody rolling for him? He is Willie Nelson, after all. Well, let's be honest. I mean, he. I mean, he plays that. Uh, I mean, he's he plays primarily acoustic guitar. Right? That's right. So he's just a strumming guy, but he's actually a pretty wicked lead player. I For don't sure. think he's going to be developing carpal tunnel from that. I don't know. So if you're you're insisting that it's from rolling, I doobies, think it's from rolling all the. Doobies. He rolls his own. I mean, haven't you seen video of him on the bus? Yeah. Doing it? You're. I mean, as much as that dude smokes. You're rolling a lot of fucking joints, dude, and you're it. It takes a toll on your hands after a wow. while. Wow, poor right? guy. So anyway, having said that, we're going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll be back in a minute. 
I've tried a few different kinds and have had some varying results, but the ones that I'm wearing right now are from Zero with an X. That's X-E-R-O. They're based out of Denver, Colorado, and these shoes are absolutely amazing. The style I'm wearing right now are the Prio, but they have other styles depending on what kind of activity level you're doing, whether it's some heavy hiking or some road work or if you just need some sandals for the beach. These shoes are incredibly put together. The soles come with a 5,000 mile guarantee. The uppers come with a Hirachi style strap. Uh, so if you need to snug the uppers up a little bit closer to your feet, it's very easy to do that without compromising the comfort. The toe box is nice and wide to allow your toes to spread out the way they're intended to instead of getting squished together like typical shoes do and it doesn't look awkward either these shoes are not only well put together but they look amazing as well they're fantastic um, they're honestly one of the most comfortable pairs of shoes uh, I've ever owned but please do not take my word for it go to the website it's zeroshoes.com. That's again with an X. That's X E R O shoes.com forward slash go forward slash R N R A affiliate. That's our affiliate link. Do your own research. Again, don't take my word for it. Look and see what they have. If you like what you see and if you got yourself a pair, you'd love them just as much as I do. Yeah, man what's up we need reviews what is that what does that mean well it's like what does that mean to us well people who listen to our podcast it would be swell um if they would go to apple podcasts and write a review or go to spotify and give us a star rating something between one and five it helps us how do we know how bad we really are if people don't tell us we need the feedback and the algorithm loves it, and that algorithm is hungry. It needs it needs fed bad. You know what else needs fed bad? Your ego needs fed bad on this. Yeah, I that's need... why we really want the reviews. Let's face it, right? Go ahead. Oh yeah, I need. Listen, I get zero positive feedback in my life. People around me despise me, so I'm counting on total strangers to say nice things. Yeah, we, I guess the point is is to make your ego like completely non-manageable so that I want to stop doing this podcast. And people might be motivated to do that if they dislike the podcast. Right. If they want to see in like an intercompany battle between creative differences and how I can't stand how giant your ego is, all all we need is for those people to start giving us reviews and feedback. And that'll happen, guys. You'll you'll get some really good social media entertainment here it would be a backwards way for them to kill a podcast they hate by saying good things about it so that my ego would rage out of control exactly and you would storm off in a huff i think we all want that right i know i do so please do us a favor and give us some feedback we are gathered here to remember rock and roll Rock was born, the rambunctious son of country, western, and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955, on this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity individualism and purpose, thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack 
to witness their long past the sell-by date asses on stage, and with its chauvinism, misogyny, and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities, and with its aging, fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. All right, welcome back to Rock and Roll Autopsy. All right, here we go. The Autopsy Report. All right, so tonight we've got Last Caress by The Misfits um, off of their EP, Beware, in released in 1980. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, recorded in 1978. Um, Last Caress commonly considered to be one of the Misfits' greatest uh, greatest songs. So there you go. All right. Well, we're going to figure that out. So we've got five categories in our autopsy tonight. They are gratuitous boomerism. Boomerism. Excessive misogyny. Misogyny. Wanton whiteness. Whitey. Malignant machismo. Macho. And culture vulturism. Vultures. All right, Rico. So we're talking Last Caress by Last the Misfits. Caress. We all know this song, right? This song's great. Why man. do we know this song? Because everybody knows this song. Because But why do we really know this song? Well, because Metallica covered it. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Of course. No one knew this song. Nobody knows this because the Misfits did it. No. They know it because Metallica People did it. People don't, song. because Metallica popularized the Misfits. Yeah. People don't realize how small potatoes the Misfits were when they were actually a functioning band. Yeah. This was a small punk band that was drawing flies and existed for a very, very brief window of time. But a great window of time, though. All right. Gratuitous boomerism. Rico, it's last caress. It's gratuitous boomerism. How do you score it, sir? Yeah, um... I've been thinking about these categories for two weeks, man, and and we've talked about this. We we've even inserted critical theory into Misfits, if you can believe that, ladies and gentlemen, which which is kind of crazy. But, um, boomerism, yeah, he's a boomer, man. He is a boomer. Oh, Glenn Danzig, yeah, he's, he's totally a he's boomer. He's old as fuck. Yeah, yeah, he's totally a boomer, yeah. and he's gone full boomer. In he his did a late song 60s. about John Kennedy, dude. Yeah. So he's it's it's a one. It's a one for Last Caress, though, but yeah. we're not talking bullet here. We're no, talking no, 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 we're not caress. talking bullet or one or any of the other ones. Yep. Last Caress, mm, God, man, I, I I, have trouble. Yeah, I still got to go one just because he's a boomer. Yeah, he's, I'm going to agree with you. It's, it's it, a one. it is a it is. one. It's a one. Um, it's a boomer track. Now, you might hear the lyrics, and of course, the lyrics are famously offensive and yes. intentionally offensive. I killed a baby. Yeah. I raped a mother. Yes. You know, we all know how that goes. Yeah. I mean, we've all done these things. These are autobiographical. <laughs> yeah, I, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I. But no, it is, it is, this is, uh, I mean, is it, I guess, is it accurate to say that the punk rock movement of the late 70s is a boomer movement? Because when you think boomer music, you think 60s, don't you? You think of the Rolling Stones and the Doors and the Beatles yeah. and Bob Dylan. I When I boomer, to me, Bob Dylan is like the yeah. poster child. But is it fair to say that the punk rock explosion um, of the 70s was also a boomer uh, I mean, it is right. These are not old Gen Xers. I mean, all these guys are no. They're all boomers. But... Yeah, I mean, and Joey Ramone and John Lydon and all of them. I mean, they're all they're all boomers, right? Yeah, they're all bo- they're all they were all born in the in the fifties. Yeah, and well, and here's the thing with with Glenn with, with grew Glenn, up with boomer mentality. Yeah, and with Glenn Danzig, I I I can't separate the art from the artist in this regard because no, he's, and as, we're going to talk about that. But as sure. an old man, he has gone full boomer. He is yeah. he he's making late night appearances on on Fox News. He's always. He's cranky about woke young people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's gone full 
cranky boomer. John Lydon's done the same thing. From yeah. the, they've just embraced this, you know, this disconnect with the younger yeah, generation. Yeah, he's now get off my lawn guy. Which he is. Ma- which makes him even more of a boomer. Do you know about him and his bricks in his lawn? No. Oh, goodness. I got hold me right down my one. A, a quick Glenn Danzig digression here. Yeah, I um, can't wait to hear this. So he has this house in Hollywood, right? Yeah. And it's in a nice neighborhood. You can do the Hollywood bus tour and see sure. it. But he has the shittiest house. It really? straight up looks like it's run down. It's got stained glass windows. The grass isn't mowed. The the paint's peeling off. Is it, it's huge and it's a dump or is it's, it smaller and it's a It's dump? mid-sized, mid-sized for the area. But it's a dump, and right? Yeah, it looks like straight up like the Munster's house. You can Google it. Yeah. And there's even pictures of the inside oh my of it. God, this guy, this like, yeah, it's amazing. But in his front yard, he had a pile of bricks that apparently just upset everyone in the neighborhood because his house was a giant eyesore anyhow. And then in addition to it being an eyesore, he had, for whatever reason, just a giant pile of bricks. And his neighbors would get upset. And I guess... And I think I read this on Metal Sucks, so you guys can go ahead and fact check me. I'm just shooting from the hip here. Glenn, please don't sue me. But I believe I read at one point that one of his neighbors I got, doubt that's going to happen. One, go one of his neighbors <laughs> got really upset about his bricks, and people have been complaining about this for some time. So Glenn, in a fit, just went outside and started throwing the bricks into his neighbor's yard, shouting, Here's your bricks, motherfucker! Are you serious? I don't know how true, but there's just Google Glenn Danzig bricks and you'll be amazed. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's just got. I feel like, you know, reading about reading about him, I feel like it all changed after he left the Misfits. He got when he when he when he got into Samhain. Yeah, I think he started taking himself he a start, little too seriously. Exactly. He started yeah. drinking his own Kool-Aid yeah. and he started taking things a little too seriously. There's serious. no sense of humor about That's why the Misfits whatsoever. are so great because the Misfits are, are actually funny. It, it's Glenn Danzig being a comic book nerd. Yeah, totally. It's it. He's yeah, just and, he's just a comic book nerd. He grew up playing the piano. He he read french poetry okay he went to an art school <laughs> yeah he's just the comic book nerd yeah. and the misfits were the perfect avenue for him to express that nerdiness and there's a lot of humor in the misfit songs and there's that, no so humor great. in anything that they that he did they're after so that. great like this ep was a fun listen but it, the entire thing <laughs> It just was. Sorry. Go back and Google. Uh, and there's gonna, another. There's some great yeah. images that people. He always gets cranky when people start taking photos of his house because <laughs> he always has like. There's always like goth kids and like misfit t-shirts standing outside his get off my his lawn wrought iron gates. <laughs> his house. And get off my lawn. And there's some. They've snapped some great pictures of him. There's a great picture of him on the internet where he's out. Now I'm assuming because it's L.A. It's like a sunny day because it's always you know. So it's warm. Warm enough for him to be outside washing his black Jaguar. And he's like dressed head to toe in like black. Like jet black clothes. Jet right? black clothes. Washing his car. I mean, he's just Glenn oh Danzig. Even in the summer, even outside doing chores, he's just full. Like full. with the with the, the the pale white powdered skin. Yes. Right? I mean, and he's the never. Black dyed hair. And yes. Black t-shirt, black pants. He's right? never not in character. You know, oh it's like God. even. So there's like some great photos floating around the internet. Did you know he's only. Have five, fun. Did, did you know he was only 5'3"? Oh, yeah. Short. Can I Boy, tell does you, he have little man syndrome. Can I, well, can I give another digression about that? I am Please. Gonna, I'm going to get sued. I don't have anything to be sued for. I'm. I'm I, I don't think. You're fine. I don't think you have anything. I have about. a theory that I've never seen written. There hasn't been a ton written about the Misfits, but there's a couple books. And I have a theory about... Hold on. Disclaimer. The words you are about to hear are opinion only and in no way represent any fact. And any representation on fact is mere coincidence. Okay, go ahead. Thank you for that. I've spent some time thinking about this. I haven't seen it written anywhere but the Misfits had a famous look, right? Yes. Oh boy, I can't believe I'm going to go here. All right. So the look is <laughs> the look is I've heard it described as they were like science fiction greasers. 
You know, like the yeah, 50s greaser look, but exactly. with a sci-fi twist. I, I felt... I, or futuristic I, greasers or greasers I, from outer space. That's what I thought. Every time I listen to that EP, I think of that thing right there. So they would have the leather jackets, but yeah. then the famous thing was the devil lock, where they had this black lock of hair that would go down. So it was, it was a greaser pompadour. But grown out super long. It was a super exaggerated pompadour. Yes. So yeah. a futuristic greaser pompadour. Yeah. Right? Know exactly what you're talking about. So let's set that aside. So okay. we've established that. All so right. now we know that in Danzig era, Glenn Danzig got super jacked, right? Sure. Like muscles stacked on top of muscles. When he was young. Now he's old and fat. But when he was young. Yeah, he read books. He read Arnold Schwarzenegger books on how to build your body. Yes. So on Danzig, like one, two, and three fat. and four, like before he hit like his mid thirties, he was like super duper ripped. Yeah. Right. So he got real jacked. And he was jacked in the nineties too. Yep. So take that and set that aside. Okay. Right? Yep. Okay. All right. So we have this aesthetic, oh, this misfits aesthetic, goes. right? Yeah. And then your point, the 5-3 thing. So set that aside. Okay, so, so now we have these three points. So, all right, right, so we've got the the alien greaser. The devil lock. Devil lock. The most got, importantly, the devil lock. Take that away from that the first. The devil lock. Yes. That's point one. Point two is the jacked, ripped body. Yes. Point three is his height. Yes. Okay. Now let me sew this together. Okay? All right. You said little man syndrome. Right. All right. So this is the idea that I, I'm going to explain this if I don't know. But this is the idea that men who are shorter in stature try to compensate for that insecurity, usually by hitting the gym. Right? Otherwise known as a Napoleon complex. Right. Or just by being a dick or something. Right? right. So they try to overcompensate for this perceived limitation that they have from that, you know, stature. Correcto. Right? So Glenn certainly hit the gym. Right. Hard. Yes. Well, here's another thing. And this is where I'm going to get sued. <laughs> Glenn, I have a theory that the devil lock was born out of Glenn Danzig hiding his nose. You think so? Because I think that if he's insecure enough about his appearance and his height to hit the gym the way he did, clearly he's got. Like he, he had some insecurities about his appearance. And if you look online and look at old pictures of the misfits and look at current and then look at Sam Hain and young and now old Danzig photos, it's very clear a nose job happens somewhere in there. And then if you look at old misfits, Glenn Danzig has a nose that his nose is drastically different. Okay. He had a big old Paisan nose, didn't he? He did. Right. And I suspect that the devil lock was created not to adopt a 50s greaser thing. I think that was a that was a convenient byproduct. He did it to cover the beak, didn't he? He was insecure about his nose and the devil lock covered the nose and having the hair in front of your face covered his nose until he made enough rock and roll jack to get a nose job. No way. And then the devil lock stopped and he just started doing his hair off to the side. And you could see his nose. Look at the images. Interesting. And then he's also five through. So this entire super. So I think the entire. Mis so you're already he's already self-conscious because he's five three. And then you throw in the big Goomba nose, which I can say this, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm Italian. Yes. So he's got the big Goomba nose yes. on top of being five three. Boy, that makes sense. But there's man. and so but then the entire image is crafted around this angry guy, right? Napoleon complex. The image, yeah. The the muscles, the angry music, the angry at the world, the hate Are that's you compensating. In a lot of, sure, it's all. This it's all coming from being five three and having shame in your appearance and not being comfortable in who you are or how you look, and I think the devil lock was just Glenn Danzig attempting to, to cover his, his nose, just as the lifting weights was an attempt to compensate, compensate for, for being short. Yes, interesting. And I and I've never heard anyone ever say that ever. And here's the funny thing is that, and we'll get back to our autopsy. Sure. I know you guys are on pins and needles. Oh, this is fascinating topic but though. The other thing is that he is a really 
good looking guy. He, Even he with the original nose. There's yeah. an image of him with his original nose. His hair is short, but yeah. he's got the pompadour. Yeah. And he looks like uh like you know, like an Eddie in the Cruisers guy. He's a really handsome guy. He had no reason to be insecure about his appearance. But I believe that the entire Misfits persona that now has been imitated and is kind of like the identity of the band is just born out of being insecure about your nose. I mean it, it makes it makes, you know, I a good good job on that. I mean, it ma- it makes total sense. I mean, I'm not saying that what you said is true because only Glenn Danzig knows if it's true. However, that's a pretty strong argument. My I don't friend. know that he's ever come out and acknowledged the the rhinoplasty. You know, maybe tell. if he did, he might have said like, you know, I punched in the face so many times as a kid or something. But I don't know. But but it's I very. Mean, he did used evidence. to get in a lot of fight. He got in some fights as a kid. Oh he, yeah. He started doing drugs when he was like ten years old. Yeah. He and, got... and got into a lot of fights because of it. And so I mean, maybe he did get. Maybe it fucked his nose up from getting hit so many times. And maybe right. that's it. Who knows? Well, let's move on in our autopsy. I mean, we're going now to pose the question: Is Last Caress guilty of excessive misogyny? Rico, how do you score it? Uh, misogyny. Oh, excessive massage uh, oh, totally excessive i mean we, we can't <laughs> why uh, gee i don't know um but if you take it listen man this is I feel is it the like, raping the like mother we, or killing the baby that's it, misogynistic or the, the, the mother right yeah, you can't be misogynistic towards an infant, can you? You can't, but in a way, it's a t- an attack on womanhood, isn't it? Yeah, you know, an attack on a on a baby. You know, doesn't we? Don't but he's a, not like a... really. See, this is where this is where the critical theory comes into play, separating the artist from the art. Man, I know we both know where this cat was coming from when he made this shit, and. I think it was just an effort to be super offensive. I mean, yeah, that's, it was I just mean, to get a rise out of people. I think that song was his Sex Pistol song because the Sex Pistols just wanted to stir the pot, right? Yeah. I think Glenn Danzig during this time period wasn't really attempting to stir the pot because he did songs about B movies and horror movies and cartoony stuff. And this was his attempt at stirring the pot like the Sex Pistols. Yeah, like Sex Pistols did the song uh, Bodies, which is, you know, is it about an abortion? You yeah. Know? And so, you know, so there was. That's know. like the big difference between the two of them. The, the, like Rotten just wanted to piss people off. Yeah. And there's, you know, and Sex Pistols are more straight up rock and, yeah. and the Misfits are just the Ramones. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I feel like, vocals. yes, he did this on purpose. So I have to give him a one. But he's just a comic book dork, man. And so I have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, but he still gets a one. Sorry. I'm giving it a one as well. I agree with all your points. Let's move on to category three, wanton whiteness. How do you score it, Rico? Yeah, I mean, uh, man, I don't know. We're t- Again, we're talking about black and white science fiction movies. We're talking about like Night of the Living Dead here. We're talking about like 70s comic books i don't there's not a ton of multiculturalism in that stuff that is straight up white man stuff <laughs> in my opinion so i mean it's <laughs> am i wrong no, no. <laughs> so so that's gonna it's un. i mean it's gonna get a one because <laughs> co- comic book nerds who like horror movies there's not a shitload of multiculturalism in that in, in the seventies, anyways. In yeah. my in my opinion, yeah. I, mean, I could be. I, I'm going to go ahead destroy me on that if I'm wrong. No, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give. I'm going to give it a one as well. I agree. Let's move on to category four: malignant machismo. Yeah, again a one because he's he. This was his. He's he's expressing his want to be macho in this song. Again, he's trying. In my opinion, he's trying. This was his Sex pistol song, and so there's a lot of machismo in this song, and it's a little out of his wheelhouse, but he still does it. I feel like this attempt. It wasn't until Sam Hain that he takes himself a little too seriously and gets really dark and occultish and really drinks his own. But he's not there at this point in time. So this was his attempt at being super macho. So I've I've got to do I got to give him a one on this. I got something to say. 
I killed your baby today, and it that's doesn't right. matter much to me. As long as it's dead. Yeah, that's that's. I got something to say. I raped your mother, Dan. As, as long, long as, as she's she spread. spread. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about the lyrics. Yeah. Does it? This is going now. Remember, he is well read. He went to an art school. Yeah, I think he was going to be a photographer. Yeah, he went, yeah he went to yeah. art school. Then he went to photography school. He wrote songs for Roy Orbison, Johnny Cash. Does it? Am I looking too much into this? That the first verse is "I killed a baby," and then the second verse is "I killed your baby." Interesting. I don't think I ever even noticed that. To be honest with you, that, does that, does that make a difference? Do you think that was? On? I have to feel like he's smart enough to have done that on purpose, and I just want to know why. Yeah, why? Yeah, that has certainly got to be intentional, right? Yeah. Does it just sound better? Killed your baby. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's you would think that's got to be intentional, but that's interesting. I'd never noticed that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll write a letter to Glenn and see if he can explain it. I'm going to score that a one as well. And let's move on to our fifth and final yeah. category as we wrap up our rock and roll autopsy on Last Caress. It is culture vulturism. Rico, how do you score? Depends on how you define. Like, I feel like it is... Well, clearly, we just shift the definitions to tailor whatever song we're talking True. about in any. It's whatever episode. we want it to be. Yeah. Um, but I, so run with it. This this album, I feel, or the the well, this song, but the album too. I feel like part of these songs should be like on the Monsters episode, <laughs> and I feel like the other ones should be like particularly this one. I feel like Ronnie Spector should be singing this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that fifties doo woppy kind of thing going. Yeah, yeah, a lot, so, of, a lot of misfit songs do. That's yeah, kind of so thing. I feel like there's a lot of, but is that inspired? Because remember, if he oh, was born, wow. in, if he was born in what fifty, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and so he was like just hitting his stride in the early sixties, right when, right before the Beatles hit, and all that the doo woppy Ronnie Spector stuff, Phil Spector stuff was really popular. Yeah, yeah. So that's when he was first learning how to play the piano was during all that doo wop shit, right? And so it makes sense that he's a fan of that. So is it inspiration or is it vulturism? That's a good one. I yeah, it's a good one, man. I mean, there's some great like early Misfit songs too, like Cough Cool, where it's just keyboard. There's no guitar. It's mm -hmm. just Glenn playing keyboard, and there's keyboard, bass, and drums. So it's like it, it, it makes it even sound more retro, yeah. you know. And so was he like? Eight, was it like vulturism of that stuff? I think though it was part of the trend too, because you got to remember that punk, at least from the American side, you know, I think the Clash and the Pistols were more eclectic. You know, the Clash certainly were, but the yeah. Pistols were just a rock band. But on the American side, the Ramones and bands like the Misfits were were really like just, you know. Power chords blazing by a million miles per hour with a heavy 50s kind of vibe, you know. So it did tap into that kind of American 50s rock and roll in the yep. States and how it. But, you know, punk was all just a reaction to rock becoming too bloated in the 70s, you know. And so it was this idea of simplifying it and bringing it back to the 50s. So yep. it was intentional, you know, this idea. So is it vulturism? It's an intentional, they're being intentionally referential to 50s rock and roll right. in American punk. So, you know, is it vulturism? I mean, because it is intentional, but it's intentional with kind of a purpose, yeah. you know, of basically saying, hey, rock needs to get back to this because it's gotten too corporate and too bloated and too, you know, uh, too big. Yeah, so right, it's not right. good anymore because I, I, of that. Yeah, so I, I'm in light of that, I agree with you 100%. But it's interesting. Is that vulturism then? No, I'm scoring it a zero. I'm saying it's not because I, I think what they did was not only okay, it was super cool, and and I'm totally fine with it. There's nothing rip-off-ish about it. They're not ripping anything off. They're just trying to... Like you said, take it back to where they thought was when it was really good for them. And build on it a little bit. Yeah. We never heard Elvis singing about, you know, killing babies. No, and what I, and what, what what the misfits did was with these with their their before Danzig left was super creative 
you know, the sci-fi and the horror and the B-movie stuff that he incorporated into the songs. I love this EP, man. It's such a fun listen. And all this this whole era of Danzig was super fun and creative, and there's nothing vulturistic about it, in my opinion. I, I give it a flat-out zero. Yeah, I give it a zero as well, and I, I concur. One thing it's funny about, I've listened to a ton of Danzig in my life, and I don't really think I ever need to hear the solo records again. You know, I'm burnt on them. Um, I love the Sam Haynes stuff, but I got to be in the mood for it. Too you know? dark and gloomy, man. I love it. I mean, yeah. I really am a fan of those records, yeah. but I got to be in the, sp- in the headspace for it. Yeah. You know, but the misfit stuff just makes me happy and I never tire of it. It always puts me in a good mood for as dark as it is. It does have an element of humor to it. And it just always and, it, and it's upbeat music, really. It's, you know, yeah. And and it so it, it's it always puts me in a good mood. I've never tired of it. You know, it's funny because I've been listening to them since I was you know middle age now, and I've been listening to them since I was in high school, and I'm never tired of it. Yeah, I've tired of almost every other band I've been listening to exactly. my whole life. I, I've, but I've never I've, tired of. I've it. spun this EP like I said about a dozen and a half times in the last couple of weeks, and like you said, it puts me in a mood. Kind of like when I listen to the presidents. I was funny. I was just going to mention that. It's yeah. fun listening like the presidents are fun. Easily digestible Easily songs. Easily di- fun to yep. listen to. They're two different styles of music, yep. but they put me in the same mood. Like 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 I was bopping around to horror business today at work, and, and it was totally awesome, man. I loved yep. it. And it also goes back to that, you know, because they were truly a a DIY band. I mean, they were a band that was screen printing t-shirts in his basement and selling them. You know, they were a band that they were pressing records on their own. So all these records are worth a shit ton of money because they never, Oh yes, they, they are. never were on a label. No, they, they did everything. I mean, everything is super. Well, you have, if you have some of his vinyl from the, from that time period, you got something there for sure. Yep. Well, sir, are you ready to wrap up this autopsy? Yeah. And so do we're some gonna, math. Um, let's do some math and uh, see what happens here. So we've got All right. So I've got four points. And I've got four points. Well, last caress, we're sorry, but according to our very scientific rock and roll autopsy scoring system you are guilty of killing rock and roll you know elderly glenn danzig bitches about you know young folks and perceptions and he's today you know and he's he's been in interviews saying that the misfits could never happen today because they would be agree canceled you know, basically, he's what he says. They'd be canceled immediately. That it, it could, the band could only happen in the era that it did. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, in his perception, is that that's like a grave injustice. And so, I guess in that respect, um, rock and roll, as the at least the rock and roll that he created, it certainly is is dead today because it it can't cover the the topical, uh, you know. Um, subject matter that he he wanted to deal with you know listen can't can't talk about raping the moms and killing the babies and the aliens and all that stuff today stabbing people in the bathroom or like alien teenagers impregnating teenage girls in their wet dreams right can't can't talk about uh masturbating the jackie onassis in your music today hey man he had a thing for her she was kind of hot how can you argue with that right she was hot right i mean you can't help the guy for having a crush on the first fucking lady for god's sake if you would now, isn't that good though? If you want to encourage your kid to have a crush on anybody, wouldn't you want it to be the first lady for God's sake? Oh sakes? my gosh! Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, yeah, and he's wrote songs about Marilyn Monroe, and so yeah, I mean, again, this is total boomer shit. This actually just justifies our scoring system because it, it, you know, true. But the dude was again in critical theory. We have they they argue to separate the author from the work because the the author intent is not meant to define the work. Right. right. However, we're not using the we're not using Glenn Danzig to define his work. His background simply adds texture and a little bit of color to his work to help you 
enjoy it more, right? Well, it's funny because a lot, especially as the internet has not been kind to one uh, Glenn Danzig, and he's become a meme online. I mean, well, there's entire Facebook pages of people just like photoshopping Glenn Danzig into funny situations, and it's because he has no sense of humor about himself that people then what will, happens when you take yourself too seriously. Yep, and so he's kind of become he's become a meme, and I do think that that audience that shifted audience perception of him and i think that now when people listen to not so much the misfits but the later records they have a hard time um separating the music from the artist because he's become a caricature frankly of himself and i have long it's funny we're talking about him today because he just was in the news today he was on blabbermouth and all the metal sucks and all the rock uh, websites picked up that he's basically said i'm not touring anymore i'm going to do 10 more dates and i'm done and he said uh he said he doesn't enjoy it he just prefers to be at home and he also said i'm not making any new music anymore because people don't buy music anymore and i don't record my stuff in my bedroom i use a real studio and unless i have something to say he's like maybe i'll do an ep or something i'm not doing any more music so you know glenn is backing out uh, of of being a working musician he's decided he's done and um i mean i can't i i can't you know he, i can't blame him i mean those reasons that he's giving are not bad reasons but i will say that i have long as a fan who's kind of watched him morph into a caricature and i do think that inability to separate art from artist has affected the way people perceive his art mm -hmm. um, because he's an internet meme now and it's his own damn fault because he takes himself too seriously but nonetheless i thought for a long time i thought and I even had a blog years ago where I wrote this. I thought it's time that you stopped putting titties on your album covers. You folded up the mesh shirt and tucked it away in your dresser because you can't wear it anymore. You don't have the physique for it. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe even cut your hair. I mean, in other words, just be age appropriate and make an age appropriate record. I thought for years he had talked about doing a stripped down blues record with Jerry Cantrell That'd and, be super cool. And I thought that that would be, I thought I could see Glenn Danzig going back to Rick Rubin and taking the American Recordings Johnny Cash approach to the third act of Glenn Danzig's career and just doing stripped down acoustic Did and acoustic bring, piano or, songs. Or, or if you wanted <clears throat> to do some electric, do some like rockabilly stuff. That just, that's part that's a part of the old misfit stuff anyways just yeah, do a I, little 50s rockabilly i just thought he needed like a rick rubin swan song where yeah. rick rubin does the johnny cash magic where he finds what people liked about him originally and puts a spotlight on that and strips away all of the, all the shit yeah all the garbage know? and because he's just he he just has no self-awareness about what kind of a caricature he has become. And I thought, man, I would love, like, as his third act, his third and final act, just for Rick Rubin just to swoop in and say, Glenn, I helped get you started. Now let me help you set it right again. And do that stripped-down acoustic record, something, you know, that just would make people say, you know what, that is actually really good. You know, yeah, and it's never going to happen now because he's announced that he's done, and it's a shame because I don't see how he gets how he gets away from this internet image. That's, that's right, and the problem with him. that is people who don't know are going to think of the misfits in terms of now Glenn Danzig instead of before Sam Hain Glenn Danzig two different people if you listen to the misfits in terms of 25 year old comic book dork Glenn's Glenn Danzig then it makes total sense and it's totally entertaining and fun to listen to but if you listen to it in terms of 65 year old bitter get off my lawn Glenn Danzig <laughs> then you're going to hate it and you're not going to want to listen to it and you're not going to recommend it to anybody else yeah, I mean, this, the, the meme images of Glenn Danzig are hilarious. We have the one where he was caught walking out of the grocery store to his car with kitty litter, and he's decked out head to toe in his black with, <laughs> <laughs> with 
this pale skin. Oh, my God. And then there was one that broke last year that his girlfriend took and put on the internet that really pissed him off. He was sitting in front of a Christmas tree wrapping Christmas presents. So it was like the most wholesome thing ever. Of course, decked head to toe in black. black, But but it was Glenn Danzig wrapping Christmas presents. So sweet. But it became an internet meme because he takes himself so goddamn seriously that when people see it, they just can't help but to laugh. And he's ruining all of the best parts of his legacy because by, people by being like this people can't separate the art from the artist it just can it's natural you know and like you're being informed by this by the internet persona of him now as a meme and that is seeping into his music and how people perceive his music. That's, that's, that's right. Which is a shame because there's great music there, but now people can't even take the music seriously because they can't take him seriously. That's right. You listen to horror business or attitude, for example, in terms of angry, get off my lawn, Glenn Daggs, you're going to fucking hate it. There's not going to be anything enjoyable about that. All right, let's anyway, wrap it up. You killed rock, Glenn. But I still love this OP. It's amazing. I recommend everybody, please listen to Beware EP. It's it's awesome. Love it. Later. Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah! Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Guys, it was like a mistake. There's no mistake anymore. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, We'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs>